Good day. It's December 7th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast. I am your host, David McAdam, pastor and Bible teacher at New Life Community Church in Concord, Massachusetts, and it is my pleasure to be reading today's portions from the One Year Bible and pointing out highlights that I hope will encourage you in reading through the Bible and understanding what it says to us in its proper context. We are currently reading the prophet Hosea in the Old Testament, and we will read another short epistle from the Apostle John, his third in the New Testament. We will also visit the Bible's songbook and treasure chest of practical wisdom, the books of Psalms and Proverbs. In our Old Testament passage today, God is speaking to his covenant people through the prophet Hosea. He gives them unforgettable pictures of their depraved spiritual condition. He tells them what they don't want to hear, but what they need to hear so that they might repent. They are like mixed dough. That is when you mix flour with olive oil prior to baking it. But if you leave it to itself and don't bake it, it becomes rancid, stinking, useless, and ruined. Their passion for serving worldly lusts and idolatry is like a flaming oven. You are half-baked, the Lord says, unrepentant, an unturned cake, a fluttering dove trapped in a net. He holds his people accountable. They should know him, but their actions betray him. They are all accountable and without excuse. He especially holds the leaders responsible, the self-serving priests, the false people-pleasing prophets, the princes, and the profiteers, those who exploit the poor, loving to gain, even if it means other people's loss. How did the covenant people of God get into such a state? By not turning to the Lord. What about you? Do you turn to Christ in the crisis? Let's read from the prophet Hosea, chapters 6 through 9, beginning with chapter 6, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us that he may heal us. He has struck us down, and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us. On the third day he will raise us up, that we may live before him. Let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn. He will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes early away. Therefore I have hewn them by the prophets, I have slain them by the words of my mouth, and my judgment goes forth as the light. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. But like Adam they transgressed the covenant, there they dealt faithlessly with me. Gilead is a city of evildoers, tracked with blood. As robbers lie in wait for a man, so the priests band together. They murder on the way to Shechem. They commit villainy. In the house of Israel I have seen a horrible thing. Ephraim's whoredom is there. Israel is defiled. For you also, O Judah, a harvest is appointed. Chapter 7 when I restore the fortunes of my people, when I would heal Israel, the iniquity of Ephraim is revealed, and the evil deeds of Samaria, for they deal falsely. The thief breaks in, and the bandits raid outside. But they do not consider that I remember all their evil. Now their deeds surround them. They are before my face. 
By their evil they make the king glad, and the princes by their treachery. They are all adulterers. They are like a heated oven, whose baker ceases to stir the fire from the kneading of the dough until it is leavened. On the day of our king, the princes became sick with the heat of wine. He stretched out his hand with mockers. For with hearts like an oven they approach their intrigue. All night their anger smolders. In the morning it blazes like a flaming fire. All of them are hot as an oven, and they devour their rulers. All their kings have fallen, and none of them calls upon me. Ephraim mixes himself with the peoples. Ephraim is a cake not turned. Strangers devour his strength, and he knows it not. Gray hairs are sprinkled upon him, and he knows it not. The pride of Israel testifies to his face, yet they do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all this. Ephraim is like a dove, silly and without sense, calling to Egypt, going to Assyria. As they go, I will spread over them my net. I will bring them down like birds of the heavens. I will discipline them according to the report made to their congregation. Woe to them, for they have strayed from me. Destruction to them, for they have rebelled against me. I would redeem them, but they speak lies against me. They do not cry to me from the heart, but they wail upon their beds. For grain and wine they gash themselves, they rebel against me. Although I trained and strengthened their arms, yet they devise evil against me. They return, but not upward. They are like a treacherous bow. Their princes shall fall by the sword because of the insolence of their tongue. This shall be their derision in the land of Egypt. Chapter 8 Israel will reap the whirlwind. Set the trumpet to your lips. One like a vulture is over the house of the Lord, because they have transgressed my covenant and rebelled against my law. To me they cry, My God, we, Israel, know you. Israel has spurned the good, the enemy shall pursue him. They made kings, but not through me. They set up princes, but I knew it not. With their silver and gold they made idols for their own destruction. I have spurned your calf, O Samaria. My anger burns against them. How long will they be incapable of innocence? For it is from Israel a craftsman made it. It is not God. The calf of Samaria shall be broken to pieces. For they sow the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. The standing grain has no heads it shall yield no flower. If it were to yield, strangers would devour it. Israel is swallowed up, already they are among the nations as a useless vessel. For they have gone up to Assyria, a wild donkey wandering alone. Ephraim has hired lovers. Though they hire allies among the nations, I will soon gather them up, and the king and princes shall soon writhe because of the tribute." Because Ephraim has multiplied altars for sinning, they have become to him altars for sinning. Were I to write for him my laws by the ten thousands, they would be regarded as a strange thing. As for my sacrificial offerings, they sacrifice meat and eat it, but the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish their sins. They shall return to Egypt." 
For Israel has forgotten his Maker and built palaces, and Judah has multiplied fortified cities. So I will send a fire upon his cities, and it shall devour her strongholds. Chapter 9. The Lord will punish Israel. Rejoice not, O Israel, exult not like the peoples, for you have played the whore, forsaking your God. You have loved a prostitute's wages on all threshing floors. Threshing floor and wine vat shall not feed them, and the new wine shall fail them. They shall not remain in the land of the Lord, but Ephraim shall return to Egypt, and they shall eat unclean food in Assyria. They shall not pour drink offerings of wine to the Lord, and their sacrifices shall not please Him. It shall be like mourner's bread to them. All who eat of it shall be defiled. For their bread shall be for their hunger only. It shall not come to the house of the Lord. What will you do on the day of the appointed festival, and on the day of the feast of the Lord? For behold, they are going away from destruction, but Egypt shall gather them, Memphis shall bury them. Nettles shall possess their precious things of silver, thorns shall be in their tents. The days of punishment have come, the days of recompense have come, Israel shall know it. The prophet is a fool, the man of the Spirit is mad, because of your great iniquity and great hatred. The prophet is the watchman of Ephraim with my God, yet a fowler's snare is on all his ways, and hatred in the house of his God. They have deeply corrupted themselves as in the days of Gibeah. He will remember their iniquity, he will punish their sins. Like grapes in the wilderness, I found Israel, like the first fruit on the fig tree in its first season, I saw your fathers. But they came to Baal Peor and consecrated themselves to the thing of shame and became detestable like the thing they loved. Ephraim's glory shall fly away like a bird. No birth, no pregnancy, no conception. Even if they bring up children, I will bereave them till none is left. Woe to them when I depart from them. Ephraim, as I have seen, was like a young palm planted in a meadow. But Ephraim must lead his children out to slaughter. Give them, O Lord, what will you give? Give them a miscarrying womb and dry breasts. Every evil of theirs is in Gilgal. There I began to hate them. Because of the wickedness of their deeds, I will drive them out of my house. I will love them no more, all their princes are rebels. Ephraim is stricken, their root is dried up, they shall bear no fruit. Even though they give birth, I will put their beloved children to death. My God will reject them because they have not listened to him. They shall become wanderers among the nations. And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament from the prophet Hosea. Reading today's portion reminded me of what we previously read in Isaiah when the Lord asked, What more could I do for my vineyard? In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 4, He patiently and persistently calls His people to repentance, but they do not come. In chapter 6, we hear what sounds like repentance, but it is superficial. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces, but He will heal us. Hosea chapter 6, verse 1, The people turn to the Lord for healing, but not for cleansing. 
They are broken-hearted because of their experience, but not submitted to the degree of wanting to get right with God. Verses 2 and 3 are prophetic. They express in words a holy resolve to press on to acknowledge the Lord. They express faith in the promise of the coming of Christ, but there is no acknowledgment of sin. Warren Wearsby says it well, quote, They wanted happiness, not holiness, a change of circumstances, but not a change in character. They shed tears of remorse over their suffering, but not tears of repentance over their sin. End quote. What can I do with you, Ephraim? What can I do with you, Judah? Your love is like the morning mist, like the early dew that disappears. Hosea chapter 6, verse 4. Does our affection for the Lord quickly evaporate like the morning mist? The Lord wants us to come to Him with an honest recognition of who He is. For I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice, and in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. His people are repeating the history of Adam. They are continuing in the way of human autonomy, saying what Jesus expressed in the parable. We will not have this man reign over us. In Luke chapter 19, verse 14. Four images of the hearts of people are pictured in chapter 7. Number 1. They are like a hot oven. Chapter 7, verse 4, verse 6, and verse 7. Not for breaking bread, but fueling their illicit passions and devouring their rulers. Number 2. They are like a flat cake not turned over. In verse 8. One side is overdone, and the other side underdone. Their creed was correct, but their conduct was corrupt. Number three, Ephraim, that is the northern kingdom, is like a senseless dove, without a heart and without discernment. In verses 11 through 15, they flit from one alliance to another, now calling to Egypt, now turning to Assyria. The Lord Himself will throw His net over them and pull them down for going astray. Woe to them, for they have strayed from Me. Destruction is theirs, for they have rebelled against Me. I would redeem them, but they speak lies against Me, and they do not cry to Me from their heart. Hosea chapter 7, verses 13-14a through 14a. Number 4. They are a faulty or deceitful bow. In chapter 7, verse 16 there is an inbuilt structural flaw that makes them an instrument that is incapable of accurately hitting its target. There is a moral weakness, a twist and deceitfulness within. It means that they would always miss the mark. This causes them to be ridiculed by Egypt, to whom they turned for help instead of the Lord. Chapter 8 opens with the sounding of an alarm. Once again God's people call out to Him, but not with a desire to do His will. But Israel has rejected what is good. In chapter 8, verse 2, they continue to make idols for themselves. In chapter 9, the sad consequences of Israel's infidelity are recorded. They suffer a lack of joy. In chapter 9, verse 1, a lack of food. In verse 2, their offerings will be meaningless. In verse 4, their leaders will be distracted. In verses 7 and 8, and corrupt. In verse 9, their children will be slain and their population decrease. In verses 11 through 16, Israel will reap the fruit of her sins, leaving her rejected and homeless, wandering among the nations.
Now we move on to our next stop in our Bible reading tour to the New Testament, the third letter of John. 3 John chapter 1, verses 1-14 through 14. The Elder to the Beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers and also stops those who want to and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. This concludes our reading from the New Testament, and this concludes the third epistle of John the Apostle. The Apostle John had friends. How does he love them? In the truth. 3 John chapter 1, verse 1. John begins with a customary greeting, which some misinterpret as a guaranteed promise. It is a worthy prayer, however. We pray that our friends will enjoy good health and that all will go well with them even as their soul prospers. But to make this a guaranteed promise is to wrestle the verse out of its context. John is rejoicing in the fact that their soul is prospering. In verse 2, because they are knowing the truth, are being faithful to the truth in verse 3, and are walking in the truth in verse 4. However, this does not always guarantee physical health and prosperity. John's second epistle was instruction as to whom he should not offer hospitality. Those who deliberately deny the facts concerning the historic Jesus and the centrality of his death, burial, and resurrection. In John's third epistle, he is instructing Gaius as to whom he should offer hospitality. The brothers, fellow servants of Christ, even though they are newcomers. In verse 8 we read, Therefore we ought to support such men, so that we may be fellow workers with the truth. There is a sad note about one of John's former fellow workers, Diotrephes, who is spreading malicious gossip about him. There is a clue as to what caused Diotrephes' defection. He loved to have the preeminence. In verse 9, his focus was not on the preeminence of Christ. Diotrephes is acting in opposition to the mission and is refusing to welcome the brothers, John's fellow workers, even wanting to excommunicate those who do. In contrast to Diotrephes' opposition, John writes of Demetrius' good reputation. Once again, John closes his letter by expressing his desire for face-to-face -face fellowship with his beloved brother. 
Now let's move on to the book of Psalms, the Bible song and prayer book. And we have this wonderful psalm, Psalm 126, all six verses of it. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, a song of ascents. Psalm 126. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negeb. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. This is a wonderful song of celebration. Israel had been in captivity for 70 years. Remember in Daniel chapter 9, verse 2, Jeremiah chapter 25, verses 11 and 12, now they are given permission to return to their homeland and rebuild the temple. When the Lord brought back the captive ones of Zion, we were like those who dream. Psalm 126, verse 1. Whereas the people had to pinch themselves to see if they were not dreaming, the neighboring countries were saying that the Lord has done great things for them. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. In verse 2, the psalm closes with a prayer. The land had been abandoned for two long generations. They would have to begin again the work of sowing, but they did so with joyful hope that once again they would reap God's good harvest. Those who sow in tears shall reap with joyful shouting. He who goes to and fro weeping, carrying his bag of seed, shall indeed come again with a shout of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalm 126, verses 5 and 6. And now for our final stop in today's Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29, verses 12 through 14. If a ruler listens to falsehood, all his officials will be wicked. The poor man and the oppressor meet together. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. If a king faithfully judges the poor, his throne will be established forever. When a ruler gives place to lies, those who serve him become servants of falsehood and therefore are corrupted. Rich and poor are both accountable to walk in the light of the truth they have been given. These proverbs remind us of the importance of truth. It is light to the mind. It will give direction and stability. And the truth is most perfectly communicated in Christ Jesus. Now let's go before the Lord in the light of his word. Gracious God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know all things. We thank you for your word that calls out the illicit practices and faulty estimations that stem from our deceitful hearts. Search us, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in us that we might repent and be turned. Send forth your light and your truth. Lord, you have done great things for us. Help us to stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free never again to be entangled to the yoke of bondage. May we be truth-seekers and truth-tellers in the love and the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I hope you've sensed something of the cleansing power and the inspiration of Scripture as we have read through our portions today. 
God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. And if you would like to receive a written copy of our commentary on today's readings, you can go to our website and subscribe to a daily email with a written commentary. And our web address is newlife.org. And you can always write us with any of your questions or comments or prayer requests at podcast at newlife.org. May your heart continue to be filled with the love for the truth and the love of the truth. Shalom. Shalom.